Welcome to the Navarro Miller Report. I'm your host, Dave Navarro. And I'm Jeremy Miller. And oh my God, Jeremy, welcome to the wonderful days of summer. This is freaking getting, getting insane, bro. Like, how, how are you dealing with the heat right now? Oh, it's taken a while for the body to adjust. You know, my thermostat already doesn't like the heat. So, uh, yeah, it's been a little brutal, but uh, just staying inside as much as possible. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I mean, well, I mean, at least you and I and, and the family, we went out uh this past monday to malibu that was a lot dude that water was freaking awesome let me just tell you that right now the whole thing was incredible i mean we didn't get home until 9 30 at night and it was still hotter when we got home yeah. than it was in the middle of the day at the beach so it was oh. quite a nice break it was so funny because it's like the moment we like we went over the mountains of malibu and right back into the into the the valley you could oh, feel yeah, the freaking difference just... <laughs> <laughs> it's like welcome to hell you know like <laughs> as soon as we get back in there oh so bad but we got to do that again i mean you know hopefully you won't be there but i mean we i i i need to get back there again i'm i'm hoping you know the feelings mutual don't worry about it i had to put up with you as well it's a mutual thing it goes both I mean, ways I mean, you know, if it wasn't for your fiance, the problem is Johnny, my fr my friends like you. That's the problem. That's just crazy. I I, I don't get that. <laughs> I, I don't I don't understand that. But I you don't know. understand it either. But you know, I mean, but then I again, keep, you know, I keep you, telling him you're not worth to keep it around. I've been doing it for years, and I still can't figure out why. And I keep telling people I'm like a bad penny. I always turn up. So <laughs> I mean, one way or the other, you know, you can't get rid of me. I'm like, you know, I'm like, I'm like some sort of like STD or something. You can't just can't get rid of me that easily. You had to go there, didn't you? <laughs> well, why not? You know. <laughs> Wanted to welcome everybody to the stream right now. Uh, Ryan, hey man, uh, you know, nice to have you on the stream. Derek uh, uh, says, "Hope you discussed the UCLA and USC jump." Well, we're, we're, we'll get to that in a second, Derek. Believe me, that's something that we're, we will be talking about very soon. But I mean, before we get to all that good stuff, Jeremy, you got some obscure news for us, and you know that I always love hearing these crazy, like, weird stories that you got going on, especially something happening with Nintendo. Yeah, this is an interesting one, and it begs a, a few interesting questions. We have a diehard Nintendo super fan um, based in Japan. His name has been kept uh, anonymous, but he spent 40,000 US dollars to buy one unit of Nintendo stock so that he could attend their yearly board meeting. <laughs> Just for that? Just, to Just so he meeting? could attend the board meeting, hoping to ask a question. And there was no guarantee he would be called on or would get the opportunity to ask that question. But he did, actually. And apparently he, he asked, um, let me see, it's... When are you bringing Nintendo, like, when are you bringing Mar Super Mario Brothers, the original, back? <laughs> Not exactly. It, it's along those lines, though. So um, basically what he wanted to know, he asked uh, the uh, president of Nintendo, Shintaro Furukawa, uh, whether the company had considered relaunching F-Zero or a couple of 
their other more legendary fan favorite games. Mm. Um, and of course, he got almost no, I mean, it was a kind of standard response he got is, you know, we, it's very hard to redo those and we're always open to it. And we love our fans, you know, passion for these things, but he didn't give him any answers or, you know, he didn't get anything quantitative out of it. But it basically, basically is there any product that you would be willing to do that for spend an obscene amount of money to ask them, when are you going to bring this something I love back? Is there any product? Hmm. And no, answer? I can't, I, I, mean, I, I can't think of anything. I mean, there are some, there are some products that have been, especially food wise and, you know, foodie wise, things like that, that are, you know, you're not able to get anymore that I would love to see back. I can't, even if I was filthy rich, I can't, imagine dropping that much money just to get into a boardroom and say can i please get this back um this guy I mean, is a super fan and then some that or and he's got a, apparently he's got a lot of money to burn that he didn't care spending forty thousand dollars just to ask that one question i mean he could have asked oh. anything absolutely anything like you said and he mm -hmm. decided to ask that particular question like it's like Okay. So he apparently he apparently sold other stock, another investment of his to finance this purchase. So wow. he's obviously doing well, but yeah, he sold off a bunch of his other stock to finance this purchase. Um, get this guy on the line and maybe we could go and see what kind of stocks he's getting into because <laughs> I want the stocks he's got right now. Maybe he maybe he got into GameStop or huh? really early on. Really early, yeah. <laughs> wow no that's freaking insane though I, I really have no idea like that that right there would just it would just trip me out right there to be honest with you um but we got more obscure news and this one has to do with a mom flashing prison inmates and getting arrested for flashing them i mean you know in, in essence just that alone i gotta know what the hell happened <laughs> oh my well, let me say this is this is something that has been going on for years. There are many stories. There have been many books written in prison by former inmates who have talked about this happening. It's very common occurrence for someone's girlfriend, someone's side piece, someone's whatever to get to a certain point outside the prison where they can be seen and they will often flash the inmates. This is more common than you would think. But apparently a Pennsylvania mom took her children to a Lancaster County prison in Pennsylvania to visit a specific prisoner. And then when she got done, apparently came out. And while her children were swinging on the street signs and playing around the street, proceeded to flash the prisoners and do like, um, you know, car, <laughs> car magazine uh, poses on her hood and stuff. Oh while she's they topless? Said, while she's topless. Oh my God. They said you could hear the prisoners cheering, hooping, and hollering from outside the prison. And she was combative with the officers who came out to actually arrest her and escort her off. She might not have gotten arrested if apparently she had not been so combative and braggadocious and unrepentant for what she did. She basically bragged about doing it. And it took the jury apparently eight minutes to convict her. Oh my God. There's just so much I can go with on this right now. <laughs> well, I mean, it's going nuts right now because it's like, it's like, okay, first of all, what, she's giving those inmates hope, which they're not supposed to have. They're supposed <laughs> to be in there hopeless completely um, and learning a lesson. Some of those inmates may be sex offenders, so they, she just gave them gave them a rise 
you know, in hope. Um, and also I feel bad for any of the, you know, any of the girlfriends of those inmates because that's going to be a hot night that night. Thanks to her. Well, I mean, I'm, I'm sitting here thinking about the children. She's got her children literally playing around a major street, yeah. just hanging from street signs and running around the car and everything while she's busy doing this. So Talking I think about. she's I think she's lucky she got only charged with lewd you know lewd behavior in public. They could have gone after mom of the year right there, bro. That's mom of the year. They could have gone after her for child endangerment. They could have gone after her for a whole bunch of stuff that I think they should have. That's mom of the year right there, bro. Like that's that right there is like a A plus mom in my book. <laughs> really? You want you want to wanted to see your mom topless on the hood of a car? Oh, that man, isn't come gonna, on. That doesn't. That's 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 a good idea, really. <laughs> Of course not. No, 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 no. Seriously, like, I mean, obviously, she didn't care about her children to go ahead and, you know, be doing what she was doing. So, exactly. I mean, it's just, it's just, how desperate does that woman have to be to go ahead and get that much? Like, was she not getting attention at home from her husband? Or maybe she doesn't have a husband? Or who knows? Maybe she's a single mom that hey. she decided to go ahead and go that route. Honestly, for me, if it's somebody who, you know, man, they just love their, you know, significant others so much that they go to the prison to do that. I got, I, you know, who who the hell cares? Truthfully, I don't care. But you brought your children. OK, you brought your children not only to the prison, which if it's their father, if it's whatever, then you got to do what you got to do. You bring them to visit or whatever. But you are then outside the prison behaving like a stripper on your car in front of your children while they play near a major street. Are you joking me? What kind of trauma are those kids going to have when they get older? They're like, at this point, they're. I bet, I bet you anything, those kids cannot go near a prison or watch any prison movie without remembering their mother on the hood of the car. <laughs> I, I think even Christopher Titus, who used to say that, you know, once you've driven your drunk father to your mom's parole hearing, there's not much else, would yeah. go, what the? with this i mean i seriously i think this one tops it i think this one tops that <laughs> this particular one tops that <laughs> oh my god well thanks thanks for those wonderful reports and great visual jeremy appreciate that <laughs> <laughs> you know I'm gonna, oh just so bad that's all bad in <laughs> entertainment news topping our stories this week actually uh front man for uh, the band poison brett michaels was hospitalized yesterday uh right before he went up on stage in uh in a performance in Nashville, Tennessee, ahead of his shows, actually. Uh, he went on to Instagram and he went uh, to say, uh, quote, to the incredible fans in Nashville, thank you all for, uh, for your well wishes. I was truly fired up to get on stage in the Music City and perform, but due to unforeseen medical complication uh, and following hospitalization, it was not possible. I send my deepest apologies for being unable to rock the stage. I'm working on being back 100% very soon and hope you rocked hard with my friends Motley, Leopard, Joan, and Classless Act. Uh, this is actually a tour that's going on right now. They are, uh, Motley Crew is, uh, you know, touring with Def Leopard, Joan Jett, and the Blackhearts. Um, so it was actually very disappointing to many people because this happened right before they were right before Poison was going to get on stage and perform, uh, and nobody really knows why uh, he's hospitalized, why he was actually sent to the hospital. He just, uh, but apparently, if he's saying that he's hoping to get a hundred percent, maybe it was a little bit more serious than people thought. I mean, to, for the 
you know, the fact of the matter that he was actually like they actually had to hospitalize him. They couldn't just treat him backstage for anything. So who knows what exactly was going on there? And I mean, but that, you know, I mean, I'm thinking that concert alone sounds like it's freaking rocking, to be honest well, with you. I mean, we don't have any more details. It hasn't been released what he was dealing with. But I can tell you, I actually have a couple of friends, um, guys that I play an online game with who have tickets to this show. Um, they're actually going, I don't know if it was this exact one, but they are going to this concert with Motley Crue and Joan Jett and everybody, and they're extremely excited. So, and they were extremely excited for Poison to be a part of that. So I'm hoping Brett is able to perform. Um, but I'll go back to something I've always said, you know, the bill always comes due. Okay. You know, we're seeing, a, we're seeing a lot of these guys who've lived very, very hard for a very long time and even though most of them have cleaned up their acts as they get older and stuff like that the toll that takes on your body over the years you know you can't deny it you sure. just can't it's um i mean keith richards is the anomaly okay <laughs> literally it's a dennis leary once said you know after a nuclear attack nothing will be left but keith richards and the roaches um <laughs> it's it's he, the man just won't go anywhere and he doesn't seem to get sick and he doesn't you know but you look at all these all these old hard party and rockers and musicians and and the truth is the bill always comes due i mean you may have had a lot of fun and those experiences may have been absolutely worth it to you but you know it's it's something you just can't get away from and truthfully it's being somebody who came out of addiction it's it's a big deal. It's something people don't talk about enough because we glorify the rockers. We glorify the, you know, the musician lifestyle, the hard party and traveling, you know, women and booze and this and that. The bill always comes due. That's, you know, like with anything else, are you willing to pay the consequences? You know, you can do just about anything you want in this life, but are you willing to pay the bill? And not only that, I mean, the other the other thing, too, that I also have to, like, look at is it? I mean, you're right. I mean, this is becoming of a trend this week because you have Travis Barker that was mm -hmm. hospitalized for pancreatitis, and I mean, the which, only one that's which, by the way, is almost almost always at his age attributed to alcohol consumption. Yep. It's it now it comes from other places as well, but at his age, the most common cause of pancreatitis is alcohol overconsumption. Yeah, and we got that. But, I mean, one person that's still rocking hard and still partying hard that had to go back to rehab that actually just got out of rehab is uh, Steven Tyler from Aerosmith. He actually just got out of rehab. He's actually very happy that he's back. Uh, he's trying to recover. He's trying to do that stuff. So even like even still, there's still some guys that are old, like older now that are still partying. It's like, unfortunately, addiction it's it's something that doesn't really go away there's no cure for it obviously and and you know i mean you know firsthand that there's real no no real cure for it except just trying to do it one one day at a time right absolutely and that steven tyler thing really hits home for me and really reminds me that i gotta stay on my game because steven had a lot of sobriety and through recovery i'm actually connected to steven in a lot of ways um and we didn't know uh the people around me and that have been around him, no one was talking about it. And that might have something to do with, you know, the fact that in recovery, you just don't talk about other people's issues and problems. But um, that that hits hard because Stephen had a lot of sobriety and was in, you know, the different rooms of recovery and in recovery programs, kind of a stalwart 
in that in that area. So even the best of us can can slip up and easily succumb to that again. No, it's tough. I mean, because, yeah, and it's, it's crazy because you haven't heard anything from Steven Tyler in years. You've never heard. I mean, we all thought that he was clean. He was sober. I mean, he's been sober for many years. And then something triggered him to fall off the wagon so much so that he had to go back into into uh, into um, into into um, rehab. So I, there's just there's something there's something crazy going on. <laughs> Maybe it's the moon. I don't know. But it's just crazy to hear that somebody his age is still can still succumb to temptation, can still like, you know, fall off the wagon. It's it's crazy. But I mean, lucky he's back out. He's recovered. He's trying to, like, you know, make himself better. Uh, and very uh, glad to hear that. You know, I mean, as, and Travis uh, Barker, he's recovering as well. Seems like he's he's doing a little bit better as well. He's recovering as well. And Brett Michael seems like he's going to be doing pretty well as well. So, you know, here's hoping that all all these uh, rock stars and anybody in the future uh, take notice and take these people as examples of careful what you do. You know, that fame, that money could come back to bite you in the ass real hard and you're not going to want to you're not going to want to be there like you said to pay that pay that bill at the end so you know we'll, we'll we're hoping that they stay on the straight and narrow for the rest of the way in other entertainment news Le actress uh, lena Headey is cut from thor 4 and one of the reasons why she's cut is because she's actually in a lawsuit of 1.5 million dollars that she owes of commission to her former agency now this actually is coming from Variety, and it reports, quote, uh, that UK agency Troika, uh, who previously represented Heedy, was fi has filed a lawsuit against the actor over outstanding commission fees connected to multiple projects. The agency is seeking $1.5 in total, which includes $500,000, around 7% of her fee, for her earnings on Thor 4, though she does not appear in the final cut of the Marvel movie. So, I mean, I, I talked to you about this uh, before we started the show, Jeremy, and you kind of gave me a little bit of a side eye to this whole situation. Uh, you know, I, I'm, I'm curious. I'm curious. What was going to your mind when I when I went through the store with you? Well, it's there's a little more detail you've given me now, but I was what I was really wondering was, are they going after her for the um, money she was supposed to make and she did something that got her cut. So they're going after her for a breach of contract, but this sounds more like this had been a reoccurring theme and they already had issues with getting her, um, commissions from her. Um, so that, that clears up a few issues. It does beg a question though, because in the United States, um, agencies take your commission before you get your check. Mm -hmm. OK, there would be I, I don't know how this happens. Apparently, maybe in, you know, England or wherever this agency is based, maybe it's done differently. And the, you know, talent gets their entire check and they have to issue it to the agent. That's not how it works here. Um, that's how many actors have been uh, skimmed off of. You know, unfortunately, it has happened many, 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 many times by many agents um, because we don't see the checks until afterwards. You know, the check goes to our agent, the agent takes their cut, and then they issue us a check. So, you know, it's uh, it's it's an interesting, I, I, I like the idea of us having a little more power and being able to uh, handle our own money and then take care of our own responsibilities. But again, then you get somebody like this who's cheating their representatives out of, um, you know, out of their cut. And that's not cool either. So, um, I, I certainly can't blame them. It's 
that's pretty underhanded for her to, I mean, we don't know her side of it. We don't know why this happened. Did they breach contract? Is there a reason she's doing this? But, and that'll come out in the trial. But for me, that's a pretty shady thing to do. I mean, you know, I, I don't have the highest opinion of, of most agents and managers uh, because I think they often like to take advantage. But, you know, when you have an agreement with somebody for 10, 15% and their job is to get you that work and they follow through on that and have gotten you that work, then that's a pretty low thing to do to to cheat them out of uh, out of their share. Well, it's funny that you mentioned her side of the story because she does have a side of the story, actually. In her side, she says, quote, um, this is from the article. She says, quote, uh, Heidi also claims that Troika was not involved in the negotiations regarding her now axed role on Thor, Love and Thunder, as directed Taika Waititi uh, personally reached out to her about the part. In addition to her MCU fees, the agency is said to be seeking at least 300000 from her lead role on Nine Bullets and 650000 for her titular role on Scrapped Showtime series Rita. Um, it says also, Heidi has allegedly disputed all of Troika's claims for these commission fees in her legal filings, asserting that the agency has been correctly paid up for the projects they had a hand in while they represented her. Uh, it's also noted that Troika wasn't her sole agent and therefore didn't lead all negotiations because she was simultaneously signed with CAA in the U.S., so there's conflicting reports here. There's definitely conflicting reports here. Uh, she's saying that she already paid them off. They're saying they're not paid off. Like you said, it's going to end up being in court. The proof is going to be right there. They, sh they should have, they're probably going to have like uh, a, pa a paper trail of everything that was involved mm -hmm. as far as, you know, what, what monies were, were being brought in, et cetera. But I mean, at the end of the day, like you said, they must have a different way that they do things. I mean, 7% commission here, I think it's like the standard's 10% or 15%. Tens, tens like the minimum, sometimes 15. So they were taking Depending on how big the were. agency. Yeah, yeah no, so that's that's a heck of a deal. Um, you know, keeping an extra 3% is awesome. But this gets into a lot of the technicalities, and it's one of the issues I've I've heard about a lot with actors or actresses who are represented by overseas agencies because when you have dual agencies that can create issues um i have dealt with that myself in some of my dealings in china uh having representation over there as well as having it here um so there are conflicts that arise i have dealt with it myself people thinking that i owed them here and there and you got to go through the the legal process with it that's really the only thing you can do um it's all going to depend on the contracts i mean that's that's what actors and actresses live by it's the contracts and what did you sign you know if they if what she signed is they have a right to anything she does which is something that agencies do then she's still going to owe money I mean, that's just a simple fact. It's going to come down to the language of the contracts. You got to always read the fine print. <laughs> so you always got to keep on looking. Is the fine print right there? Because you don't know somewhere in the fine print. I mean, I just had an experience today, actually, having to deal with uh, with a certain website that kind of screwed me over a little bit. But we're not going to get into that. <laughs> I'm a little bit upset about that. But anywho, well, we'll go ahead and uh, I'll, I'm kind of curious about the story. I'll go ahead and follow up and see if uh, who's who exactly is in the right and the wrong here. So we'll keep you guys posted on that. In other entertainment news, Tim Allen is a little bit. Uh, well, he's not happy with the new Buzz Lightyear, even though uh, Chris 
critics have been raving about the new Buzz Lightyear. They think Chris Evans did a great job uh, doing the prequel to uh, Toy Story, to everything Toy Story, actually. But Tim Allen was not too happy with it. He was actually interviewed on, uh, on Extra, and basically he said, quote, it's a wonderful story. It just doesn't seem to have any connection to the toy, and it's a little... I don't know. It just has no relationship to Buzz. It just no connection. I wish there was a better connection. Now, my thing here is I'm wondering if because there, there were reports that Tim, that Tim was not exactly too thrilled that the, he wasn't asked to play to reprise his role as Buzz Lightyear, being he, that he is the original voice of Buzz Lightyear. So is there a possibility that maybe it's just sour grapes from his part that he's, you know, uh, kind of slamming the, the new movie a little bit? Well, it's certainly possible um, that there could definitely be a little pre-bias there before he even seen saw it. And I'll preface this by saying I haven't seen the film yet. I've only seen the previews. But in seeing the previews, I got kind of the same feeling he did. Now, I'm not saying it's not a good film, but this is something that we run into with a lot of these prequels, remakes, whatever, where you take iconic characters and you're changing the the basis of what we know about them. Um, old school, hardcore fans are going to want something that stays truer to the original, to the original character, to the original storyline. Now, again, I haven't seen the film, but I got the same vibe off of the previews that, you know, Tim Allen is, is articulating. Um, that it didn't seem to have much connection. Maybe a good film. It may be, you know, I mean, these films are made for the newer generation to draw more newer viewers into these stories. So may maybe it is a very good film that will reach a lot of younger kids. But as somebody who created this iconic character, I can see where maybe he would be like, mm, it was it was good, but it's not it's not what we did. You know, and there is there is a certain amount of ownership to a role like that. Um, and you want to see it continued in the right way. So I think it's very possible that it's sour grapes. But like I said, I when you read to me what he said, I connected with that because I didn't get the same feeling or connection to the old Buzz Lightyear either when I saw the previews. Yeah, I mean, it looks really cool. Um, and I, 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 I don't know. I mean. I can't get behind Chris Evans being the voice of Buzz Lightyear because I'm so used to Tim Allen being the voice of Buzz Lightyear. I mean, like you said, he's the original. He's the one that that, that started this whole Toy Story thing mm -hmm. with his voice as Buzz Lightyear. I mean, Tom Hanks as Woody. I mean, it just doesn't seem like it's right, you know, without them in this. And granted, it's 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 a type. It's a story. It's a standalone story. Uh, you know, that has nothing to do with the Toy Story. It has nothing to do even with the toy. Uh, as Tim Allen pointed out, it has more to do with the character Buzz Lightyear himself and what, you know, why he his his show made it so popular to make a toy out of him. So, which, again, that's also doesn't really make any sense, I guess, to Toy Story, the actual movie, because I don't know. It's it's a little it's a little bit weird to me. I mean, I mean, don't get me wrong. Chris Evans is an incredible actor. Uh, I think I think he, um, you know, he does he he. He kind of almost sounds a little bit like Tim, like a younger Tim Allen mm -hmm. with his voice and everything as Buzz Lightyear. But it's just it's not the same. It's just not the same. And I'm not uh, you know, I'm not I'm not digging it. I'm not digging it. I, I'm really not digging it. I guess anytime you 
recast an iconic character, it's very touchy. Okay. I mean, look at Ewan McGregor doing Obi-Wan. Mm. An amazing recreation and extension of that character. But I could name you 15 others that they destroyed, you Solo. know, by by recasting these iconic people. Yeah. So it's it's a very delicate thing as a filmmaker to try and do that. Um, it, it's not that it can't be done, but it is very hard. You're taking something that people identify and one of the core things they loved about this project in this film, and you're you're altering it completely. Yeah, no, I and 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 you talked about uh Obi-Wan and my god, that the finale was fan freaking tastic and you actually asked me uh this question on our way to malibu actually you asked me uh, because you you reminded me a few weeks ago like how we talked that uh ewan mcgregor wanted there to be more to the story of of obi-wan and then after seeing and you, and you were very you were very much in agreement with that at yeah the beginning. i was at the beginning but then after watching it i saw the finale i told you it ended the way it was supposed to end it ended perfectly and i think because there was just closure Obi-Wan finally got the closure that he wanted, that he needed, actually. I mean, he was miserable after what happened with Anakin. And this this finale, it gave him the closure that he needed. And that I just I, I almost felt like it was me that I was like, wow, that's a weight lifted off my shoulders, mm -hmm. you know, after that, after watching that. So, yeah, I think it ended on a great note. And uh, for you, those of you that haven't seen that again, I haven't. I'm not going to spoil anything for you. I know uh, Jeremy hasn't really seen all of them I got two yet. episodes to finish. So, so I'm not going to go ahead and spoil it for anybody. But, uh, yeah, you have to go ahead and go. If you can binge watch it, binge watch it. Uh, right now, I'm actually binge watching Stranger Things. The the season four, the finale actually is. I'm, I left it halfway before I started the show. I was like, I want to watch the rest of it. But it's getting really good on Stranger Things as well. Uh, real quick on the chat stream, uh, Ryan, uh, he actually commented on those websites, you know, screwing people over and uh, basically said, I know I know exactly what you're talking about, bro. It's sad that certain websites websites try to play games. You know, especially with the fine prints and stuff like that. You know, it <laughs> sucks. Let me tell you. Uh, Betty is saying hello from Mississippi. So hello back to you, Betty. Hey. Um, Love and, me uh, some Mississippi. I remember I have I had a fifth grade teacher used to that says that his wife used to call it Mrs. Sloppy. <laughs> Put him shoulder. That's just rude. <laughs> I, that, that's what his wife used to say. It's not my fault. That's what you know. So, I mean, <laughs> I got the room shot for that one. I had to go to play it. So, but anyways, uh, you know, wanted to welcome everybody to the stream. Make sure you go ahead and uh, comment on anything that we're talking about here uh, because we always love to listen to everybody's comments. You know, not their complaints because we don't care about your complaints. <laughs> so... <laughs> this isn't the complaint department so for that you know there's a little box right there you could just exit and explain so anyways uh jeremy's like you're such a dick see what i deal with on a regular basis folks this is what I, he seems so sweet this is what i see on it on a daily basis i keep it 100 though i keep it 100 son One zero zero. It's, it's it's not an excuse <laughs> Anywho, we come to the portion of the show where I love to go ahead and do this to Jeremy. I love doing because again, if you guys don't know this, if you guys can't find him on TikTok, there's a reason why Jeremy hasn't joined TikTok. Because besides the matter, the fact of the matter that he's old and he's got his own conspiracy theories about it, he just doesn't <laughs> like TikTok. 
Oh, you're going to lump me in with that category, huh? Okay, fine. <laughs> Just about TikTok, not, not about anything else. <laughs> No, but he just he just doesn't like it. He just doesn't like TikTok. So I force him to watch some of these blind react challenges, these blind not challenges, these blind reacts, so he can watch some of these videos. Now, this first one, I don't know. Here in California, we have something called the I think it's called the San Diego Wild Animal Park, where you could actually drive. I've never been there. I've always wanted to go. You used um, to go all the time as a kid. Yeah, I, I've never been. I've actually, that's one place I've always wanted to go. Uh, that and SeaWorld. I still haven't, I've lived here all my life. I've never been to SeaWorld either. We're going to do a San Diego trip, definitely. Yeah, we. I mean, I'd love to go. I'd love to go ahead and check it out because I've always wanted to. I graduated in San Diego and I was down there with uh, with my mom, but we never got a chance to go to any of these places. So kind of, you know, suck. But I mean, but this, this particular TikTok has to do with something similar where uh, uh, two young ladies actually drive into a, uh, Wild Animal Park, and, um, <laughs> well, I'm not going to spoil it for you. Check it out. Oh, my God. You're so pretty and big. Oh, shit. Oh, my goodness i honestly think the one girl took her friend there just to see her friend's reaction <laughs> dude well what, her facial expression change was so hilarious she was like oh my god like she went from like a high pitch to like darth vader in like two seconds she's like oh my god <laughs> That's the magic of those places. You're getting right up close to the wild animals. If if you're not prepared for it, that's oh what you get. God. Oh, my God. Oh, that's just great. Well, the other video that I caught uh, comes in just in time for summer. Gentlemen, if you want to go ahead and show off your bodies on TikTok, take example from these two gentlemen right here. <laughs> <laughs> one had one had metal the other one had a thong to their freaking belly <laughs> accurate without having to say a word <laughs> <laughs> one's made of steel the other one's made of well beer so <laughs> that would have been funny a wave sound instead but uh so oh well guess who guess who decided to join our chat right now jeremy we have your your wonderful fiance on the chat right now joni is uh actually commenting on one, on the first video she's saying um, she agrees with us about her facial expression the girl's facial expression she's like lol she yep she sure did change her <laughs> facial expressions and then uh she also commented about the animal park too she said don't take me i would not be prepared <laughs> 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 we'll put Joni in the back seat with the windows rolled up. It'll be fine. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> and now this last video actually has to do with uh, dating, actually. And uh, oh boy, 
Yeah, first you had to dates, save this one for when Joni gets on. You're gonna no, but this was actually this one has to do with like a scenario of a blind date, and uh, he goes into real depth with his explanation. And trust me, you're not ready for what happens next. Imagine you're on a date with a guy, and this dude is absolutely perfect. You know, he's handsome, he's in shape, he makes a lot of money, uh, he's respectful, he pays for dinner. This guy might be the one, and. He invites you to his apartment, and when you guys get there, he stops, and before he gets in, he looks at you and he goes, Sarah, I, I had an amazing night with you. I, I think you're incredible. But before we go in, I have to warn you. My roommate is, it's kind of a lot. And I don't want him to turn you off or make you think I'm some type of freak. And you cut him off and you're like, Bruce, we've all had shitty roommates. I'm here because I like you, not because I have to like him. And he smiles at you and he goes, come in. And you guys go into his apartment and this place is fucking decked out, dude. It's modern art, uh, designer furniture. This guy totally can be in your future. You want him to be. And you're looking around, you're mesmerized. And all of a sudden you hear, is that Sarah? And you turn around. And it's connected to his arm and he's looking at this fucking puppet and he's like, he's like, Jimmy, come on. I, I, I told you that I'm going to be having company over. <laughs> Can you please go back into your room? I'm so sorry about this. And you're looking at him and you're like, oh, your roommate is, <laughs> it's a puppet. I, I, I didn't know that you were a ventriloquist. And he looks at you. I'm not. Sarah. Come on, you don't have to say that. I'm sorry, we're kind of best friends. <laughs> anyway, he's been through a, a couple of stupid bitches, and I just wanted to warn you, if you fucking break his heart, well, maybe a song might help explain this whole thing. <laughs> if you break my roommate's heart, I'm gonna slit your throat. I'm gonna drink your blood, eat your organs, and make your skin a coat! <laughs> Sarah, does, doesn't Jimmy have the best sense of humor? <laughs> and you're looking at him, you're like, I want to go home. Lock the fucking door. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Sorry for the video delay, but yeah. I, I don't even know where to start with that. <laughs> Be very gentle. <laughs> the problem with online dating. Um... <laughs> The fact that the guy's a freaking psychopath? Oh, Lord. Holy cow. That is a level of crazy. Um, I'm not sure any woman could handle. <laughs> I like the song, personally. <laughs> Very catchy song, apparently. Oh, my God. Uh, 
Leave it to TikTok to go ahead and really traumatize children and everybody else. <laughs> Anywho, well, that was the end of our little uh, blind react. <laughs> I'm sure Jeremy's had Ooh. enough of that for one day. <laughs> Let's go ahead and turn into sports right now, where we have a lot to talk about, actually. Woo, NCAA major shakeup going on right now. I mean, you got UCLA and USC that left the Pac-12 going to the Big Ten. Like, what? I mean, yeah. that was freaking, that was ins- that's that's just insane what's going on. Yeah, this is, we are seeing the, uh, the landscape of college football change forever, basically. Uh, you know, USC and UCLA, two of the, premier west coast schools are joining the big 10 and uh it starts in 2024 and the repercussions of this are already being felt nationwide i mean nationwide oh oh we got a little bit of a problem here Super <laughs> we conference got... and all that in a minute but little oh we had a little bit of technical difficulties there for a second sorry about that go ahead um i was just saying that uh We'll get to the whole aspect of super conferences and whether this is going to be good for sports, but you have to understand the repercussions that have come out of this move. Okay. Already. I mean, USC, and I know you're going to, yes, I'm, I'm a USC homer and I'm a USC fan, but USC is the premier program in the PAC 12. They helped found the PAC 12. You know, they are one of the founding institutions of this league. I mean, I may, been... be, I, mean, I may be a rival, but I mean, I, I, facts are facts. You are you're yeah. speaking to facts. I'm not going to deny that. You know, and it's it has been the premier team. The I mean, the one who's won the most conference champion, all that stuff. So for them to leave is huge, first of all. Um, I think it's very nice that they let their little brother come with. Um... Okay, you just had to take a thing. <laughs> Complimented you. You had to take a dig right there, didn't you? Just couldn't let one just slide, could you? But kiss my. I I think it's very, very nice of them. But what has come out of this now is every single team. Apparently, we've gotten a report. Every single team in the Pac-12 has either filed for transfer to the Big Ten or the Big Twelve. They do we know which one? Which team? They filed their well, we'd know two of them for sure, because Oregon and Washington have been told by the Big Ten that they are in a holding pattern on whether they will let them in or not, based on whether Notre Dame signs with them. Oh, geez. Notre Dame may be signing with the Big Ten. It's not there are no rumors yet, and nobody knows how Notre Dame is feeling about this yet. They've always been very, very adamant about not joining a conference. They've mm-hmm. always enjoyed their independence. But in the way this landscape is changing, I'm not sure they can go it on their own anymore. I think the time may have come where Notre Dame has to join a conference. Well, we talked and, about this yesterday, Jeremy. I mean, we just mm-hmm. talked about that. I mean, they have a new coach, obviously. I mean, things are starting to like, they're starting to see a pattern forming here. Many of these teams, many of these colleges are starting to see a pattern form. I mean, you got two of the biggest schools, UCLA and USC, that are joining the Big Ten. And like I said yesterday, possibilities, Stanford might actually join them as well. I mean, Mm -hmm. Notre Dame, they need to find a home. And as you said yesterday, they're traditionally with NBC all the time. But, you know, money talks, bullshit walks. That's Mm -hmm. something that we've always talked about for the longest time. And to be honest with you, it would be a good idea for Notre Dame to join the Big Ten, in my opinion. 
it would be a great idea for them. Um, personally, I think they should have done it four or five years ago. It's been in discussion, and I know the Big Ten has made overtures to them multiple times over the last 10, 15 years. I really think they should have done it about five or six years ago. But I think it would be a great move for them, especially with USC coming in. You automatically have that rivalry that's been around forever, and now it's a conference game. I mean, that's incredible. Um, here's the thing. If you look at geographical location, all that kind of stuff, not a lot of this makes sense. But Utah, I could say with a good deal of confidence, probably fits in the Big 12 geographically better. I would be willing to bet that they, they applied there. Um, the Pac-12 is making noise, saying that their response to this is going to be to expand. So can they, you know, can their leadership hold together the other teams long enough to be able to maybe entice some bigger second tier programs to come to the Pac-12? Uh, but this personally, this is this is all on Pac-12's leadership. This really is. The Pac-12 has had some of the worst leadership for the last 10, 15 years easily. Um, they have shot themselves in the foot at every single juncture and Apparently, the catalyst for this occurring, and it was probably inevitable, but the catalyst for this occurring now was the fact that the ACC and the Pac-12 blocked the 12-game playoff format. Every other conference had agreed to a 12-game, play, a 12-team playoff format with six guaranteed bids going to the major conferences. So the Pac-12 would have had a guaranteed team in the playoffs every single year with increased money, increased visibility, and all the good stuff that goes along with that. And because they wanted to be in a pissing match with the SEC, they decided with the ACC to block that from happening, which basically limits the amount of money that the Pac-12 teams can make. It makes the Pac-12 even more vulnerable to not being in the playoffs and not being in the BCS, which the Pac-12 has had the least amount of represented teams in the BCS and in the playoffs since it started. And now they've just decided to elongate that to make it even worse. I mean, this is the incompetent leadership of the Pac-12. This is why USC and UCLA felt they had no other option but to go to greener pastures. Real quick, I mean, Jeremy, let, let me just uh, interject here for a second because we have a comment on our stream uh, coming from Derek saying, this whole thing is football driven and has no benefit for the student athlete. And imagine the jet lag these athletes are going to go through. Um, in a sense, he's got a point there because I mean, you know, I mean, I mean, these these students have to study besides playing football. They also have to study, and the jet lag is going to be. Um, I, I would say it would be significant, but I don't think it would be that much of a, you know, that much of a that that much that detrimental to them. Really, I would think. Well, I definitely see your point, Derek. Um, but I'll counter with what the players are saying, and they've been since this broke. The high school players have been. Uh, rather vocal on Twitter and have been interviewed by the LA Times and a lot of different um, uh, newspapers and news organizations. And they are viewing it as a bonus. They're viewing it as increased exposure, increased um, facilities, increased NIL opportunities, which is the, you know, the licensing fees that they can make now um, that they're allowed to actually earn while they're in college. 
Um, so the players are looking at it a little different. Yeah, it does definitely put a little more hardship on them. I mean, playing teams that are halfway across the country rather than just, you know, six or seven hours up north definitely puts a bigger strain on the student athlete. But if you're only talking about the main athletes, there may not be as much of a benefit. But when you start talking about all the other sports and the non-revenue sports and things like that, the increased revenue for the schools keeps those programs operating and keeps them properly funded and keeps them with the right equipment and the best that those universities can get them. So again, I agree with you, Derek, in that this puts an incredible amount of hardship on the student athlete, but the student athletes are not looking at it like that, apparently. I'm yeah, sure there are some. He also, he also added, actually, he said, I was thinking more about the other sports uh, where more games are played, baseball, basketball, etc. Mm -hmm. No, it definitely makes a big difference. It really does. But um, they have targeted a lot of the kind of non-revenue sports and the smaller sports and the athletes in high school right now seem to be liking this. Um, again, the more money coming in, the better the facilities, the better training they're going to get. That seems to be how they're looking at it at the moment. So uh, while I do agree with your point, Derek, um, I don't think it's as I don't think it's as one sided as it seems. Well, let's 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 go ahead and talk a little bit about the competition that uh, that most of these uh, colleges are going to be going to going going up against in the coming seasons. I mean, well, it's a totally different level of competition now. Well, that's the whole super conference thing I was talking about is now with these teams transferring, the SEC is going to respond. You know, they're going to add more people. The Big Ten is going to keep adding more people. And basically, you're going to have two dominant conferences. It, it could conceivably be two 20 team leagues. That's 40 of the top teams in the entire country playing in only two leagues. The level of competition and the level of football you're going to see on a weekly basis is amazing. And the true competitors, the true athletes are drooling over this opportunity. I mean, the more nationally televised games, more and, and honestly, for the West Coast schools, less late start games, which matters yeah. a lot to the players. Mm -hmm. It really does. Everybody hates an early start game, but everybody hates the 7.30, 8.30 start game even more. Some of them know? are like at 10.30 or something like that. They're mm -hmm. like, oh, mm -hmm. really late. It's insane because yeah, it, they're on the East Coast, too. So 10.30 for us is like, you know, 12, like 1.30 for them. Well, that's another point is that it, it helps with recognition and visibility. Um, the East Coast, the Midwest, come 7.30, they're not watching West Coast sports. They're getting ready for bed. They're, mm -hmm. you know, they're not paying attention to West Coast sports at that point in time. And that added visibility is a big thing in the minds of the voters at the end of the year, in the minds of the fans, and in the amount of momentum you're able to generate in public support. So it's all of those things are things that student athletes seem to be looking at. You know, they're they're looking at all of the ins and outs. And right now it seems that the student athletes are very excited. Well, I, I I'm <laughs> I'm both excited. I'm a little bit concerned of, you know, more than likely going to be confused <laughs> for, for a while. Um, but, you know, here, I mean, you know, everything's all about change. 
I mean, mm-hmm. everything's changing. The spectrum of the sport is changing. Athletes are coming in, fresh legs, fresh everything's coming in. I mean, fresh coaches, brand new coaches, everything's changing. So, I mean, why not? <laughs> why not continue with this trend of changing? You know, I mean, well, long gone are the days of, you know, stability in college football. You know, other college sports maybe still have a little bit more, but college football stability has been long gone for a while. You know, coaches sign 10-year deals and leave after two years. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we've got the NILs and the open transfer portal for the last couple of years, although that will be tapering off. Um, they're not going to have as many open transfer opportunities over the next couple of years, but that was more open because of the pandemic. We've seen a complete shift in what we knew about college football. And in two years, it's going to look completely different. I mean, we have two more years left of of the classic matchups and, you know, the Pac-12 and all the stuff we've known about college football. But come 2024, this this whole landscape is changing and we're going to see a lot more over the next year or two um, with teams bolting and uh, with everybody realigning. I can't wait. I mean, I just hope that, uh, you know, with uh, this trend of change, UCLA changes their coach as well, but I doubt that, unfortunately, because he's like they give him five years. And and I hope they hold on to him for all five. Oh. So you can feel a little bit of my suffering. Oh, I'm already feeling it. I've been feeling it. Okay. <laughs> Anywho, in other in other sports news, uh some uh very uh tragic uh incidents are happening uh for uh uh NBA Charlotte Hornets forward uh got arrested actually for domestic violence. Jeremy, what's going on with that? So, yeah, we have, um, let me get his name here, but we have the forward from uh, from the uh, Charlotte Hornets. This is a young player who actually has just really started to explode onto the scene this year. Mm. Um, he was not a very well-known um, player up until this year, kind of more of a role player um, who was considered an underachiever. But this year he's really blossomed in the team he's in. And... Uh, yeah, he was arrested this week for uh, what appears to be a pretty brutal uh, domestic violence incident. His name is um, Miles Bridges, and his wife, Michelle Johnson, after he was arrested, posted some very graphic photos of her injuries and, um, you know, of the things that had occurred. She apparently had a fractured wrist, a torn eardrum torn muscles in her neck from him choking her out mm. a severe concussion and was choked out until she lost consciousness Jeez. so there's even heart-wrenching video that she was taking as she's taking video of all of this of her son going you know why was daddy choking mommy oh man so this is this is pretty horrific here um I'm going to take this in two directions. One, this is horrible and completely unacceptable. Um, This man needs to be charged to the fullest extent of the law. Um, You will never hear me defend an abuser ever. Um, But in the early bits of this coming out, I'm already seeing stories of people calling for him to never be allowed to play in the NBA again. Now, I I understand that feeling. I do, but I have an issue with that Mm -hmm. as somebody who's come out of recovery and somebody who had to change a lot and who has done a lot of dirt in his life when, when I was not the person I am now, I believe in second chances. Um, 
Is what he did absolutely horrific? Yes, absolutely. Do I believe he's incapable of healing and change and and recovering from that? No, I don't. And if he truly did show remorse and changed and bettered himself, I think not allowing him to play or banning him to play for what is an absolutely hor a horrific incident, I, I think that would be wrong. I think second chances are important. Um, this is no small thing he did. I, I mean, it's still alleged at this point, but I mean, there's video evidence, there's picture evidence. It looks pretty conclusive at this point. But I'm a believer in second chances. I don't believe almost anybody is without, you know, the possibility of redemption. And saying because of one horrific act that somebody should never be allowed to earn a living in this way again or do something they love, I don't agree with that. Um, if, if you don't agree with me, I understand. Uh, believe me, there's a lot of uh, passionate feeling behind an incident like this. Oh, look at Mike um, Tyson. There's an example well, right there. Mike Tyson's a perfect example. He went to prison for, you know, the things that he did. He came back a changed man. Any, you know, people are capable of change. Does it happen often? Unfortunately, no. But, you know, people are able to change past behavior, to grow, to heal, and to get better. And it is possible he could do that. So I don't like anybody slamming the door and saying because of a, one horrible act. And it is absolutely horrible that somebody should never be able to, you know, get their life back after that. Um, there's a lot of healing that would need to be done. I mean, personally, I would, you know, if I was the GM thinking about signing this guy down the road, I would expect to see some serious, you know, repentance and, and actual remorse over what had happened, real change and growth. And that's a hard thing to judge. But if I saw that years down the line, I would still be open to signing this person. I don't, I don't, I don't think you can shut the door on a life you know, and say that it is absolutely without redemption in most cases. Yeah. Well, it's an unfortunate, uh, it's an unfortunate incident that happened. And, uh, you know, let's hope that uh, he goes ahead and uh, gets help, gets help, uh, gets charged and gets help at the same time, because that's what, that's pretty much what's called for. And here is, is therapy. You oh, know, I this, hope he, for this person, he, he obviously needs a lot of help. And honestly, he deserves a lot of punishment. I hope they go after him full force for this and he serves the full, you know, full sentence and full force of his, you know, full consequences of his actions. But after having done so, I hope he gets help and I hope he's able to, you know, reclaim his life to some degree. Agreed. Agreed. Uh, in other sports news, Cain Velasquez uh, is suing uh, the alleged child molester that molested his son. Now, we've all heard about this story. Uh, former UFC uh, heavyweight champion Cain Velasquez uh, was actually uh, arrested and is currently serving uh, time. He hasn't been charged. He hasn't been sentenced yet, uh, but he is imprisoned right now for attempted murder. Uh, this was shortly after he actually went after a gentleman that had allegedly molested his son, shot him, actually shot at him, missed, and got his stepfather instead, got the man's stepfather instead. So that's why he's being uh, charged with attempted murder. 
but now as he's in prison right now, as he's in jail right now, awaiting sentence and awaiting his trial for uh, for the crime that he committed, uh, he is actually uh, suing the man that uh, that is allegedly the 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 person that molested his uh, his four year old son. It goes on to say, uh, "quote Cain Velasquez, the former UFC heavyweight champion, charged with attempted murder of a man he claims molested his four year old son, is now suing the man and his family who own a childcare business where the alleged molestation uh, took place." Velasquez, 39, remains in police custody after he allegedly shot at the man and rammed his truck into his vehicle during a high-speed pursuit through Santa Clara County in February. The two-time UFC heavyweight champion claims in a civil suit, in a civil lawsuit, that Harry Gallardi molested Velasquez's son while he was attending a child care center uh, run by Gallardi's mother, Patricia Gallardi. Uh, now, obviously, this is actually a story that I wanted to bring up uh, a while back when it first broke, but, uh, you know, because of uh, timing issues, I never got around to talking about this. Many people are actually petitioning for Velasquez to be set free uh, because as a parent, any parent would go ahead and go after somebody like this and try to kill them. Um, I mean, I'm not a parent. I, I, I can't speak for myself, but Jeremy, you are a parent. Uh, in a situation like this, would you agree with the actions that Cain Velasquez did, uh, you know, in this particular instance? Now, morally speaking, I'm supposed to say no and all this other stuff. As a father, I can tell you when my boys were younger, if this had happened, you'd never find the body. It's that simple. What I don't understand to some degree is, I mean, I guess because he couldn't get close to him, but a man with Kane's size and ability, if I was working with those tools, I'd have ripped the guy limb from limb with my bare hands. There wouldn't have needed to be a gun involved. Um, the other side of that, though, is, you know, I've always said the bill is due. You got to, you got to, you, are you willing to pay the consequences? And for me, I'd be willing to pay those consequences. You know, it's, I'm not saying I wouldn't fight for my release or any of that other, but I, I would know before doing it what I'm setting myself up for. And if I face life in prison after that, so be it. Because that, <laughs> again, you're not protecting your child anymore at this point. It's already occurred. It's sheer vengeance. It's wrong. But as a, father, as a father, I can tell you, especially after having been through sexual abuse myself, I, you'd never find the body. Agreed. That's I, th I think many parents, many parents would agree with you on that one. That's why a lot of people are petitioning for him to be released. Uh, so far, you know, uh, they asked for him to be released on bail. It was denied. Uh, according to the court, basically it's saying that, you know, it's basically they didn't, don't quote me on this or anything, but they're basically saying that we under they understood where he was coming from, but he still broke the law. He still, That's... you know, uh, legally speaking, he acted uh, on vengeance. He he became a vigilante in essence mm -hmm. and went after this person without having the law involved or anything like that. So that unfortunately is the reason why he's behind bars right now for that reason. Well, I can tell you, I'm I'm not supportive of them just releasing him you know that sends a message and it's probably not the right message but 
I, I, I mean, I'm not, I'm sorry. He did break the law in doing what he did, you know, and he took and what may have been an innocent life. We have no idea what the person who he actually shot, you know, involvement may have been or can't say, but he took an innocent life. He didn't even kill the person he was trying to. Well, no, you he, know. He, he he didn't kill them. He didn't kill them. It was it was an attempt. Uh, the stepfather well, was still the alive. shot. Okay, yeah. well, he still him. he shot another person. You know, you shot an innocent person in your vengeance while trying to take vengeance on the person we all would have understood you taking vengeance on. So there's still a major crime there. I don't support him just being released or getting amnesty. While it may be a crime, we all understand. It's still a crime that resulted in an innocent person being shot, and it could have ended in more people, more innocents being hurt. So they they have to send a message. True, true. And I mean, I'm still curious to see what's going to happen with Cain Velasquez because such a talented, talented fighter. Um, you know, I mean, such a great heavyweight fighter for his career to end in such a tragic way. I mean, in a sense, I think as a father, he's perfectly okay with it ending this way. Um, but as a fan, I'm sad for that entire situation. For I'm I'm sad for Kane. I'm sad for his family. I'm especially sad for his son having to go through what that poor kid went through. The trauma the kid's gonna that kid's gonna have for the rest of his life. Well, and the trauma that his father has added, unfortunately. I mean, you know, I mean, this is something this kid's going to have to deal with is the fact that his father's in prison for going after the guy who hurt him. There's going to be guilt. There's going to be I mean, it's he's done his own amount of damage by seeking his revenge. It's just it's 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 a sad, sad thing. But, uh, you know, trial's still going to be uh, happening. We don't know the date yet. We don't know what's going to happen with Cain Velasquez. Hopefully, uh, hopefully he get the hopefully the judge and the jury be are very lenient on him. Uh, at least at the very least, you know, he serves not a life sentence, but maybe something a little bit, a little bit better than a life sentence, a little bit less than that. Uh, because obviously as a parent, anybody would have done the same thing in his position. They would have, they would have destroyed this guy. They wouldn't have attempted it. They would have done it. Um, and it's just, again, a very, very sad situation that unfortunately, uh, we're just going to have to wait and see what happens. That's the news in case you haven't heard it. Thank you so much, everybody, for joining the Navarro Miller Report here. Uh, I hope every all of you have a very fun and safe 4th of July weekend. Uh, Jeremy, are you going to be doing any fireworks at all? Going to be taking it very easy. And please, folks, no effing fireworks. Okay, seriously, we're in California. We are in the worst drought that California has like ever seen. We have more fire conditions than ever I'm a fan of fireworks. I grew up with them. I mean, I was a kid of the 70s and 80s. We had fireworks in our backyard every 4th of July. Do not do it. Please do not be stupid. Okay? It's it's the dumbest idea in the world in these conditions to be lighting off fireworks. The conditions are so bad, they're actually canceling 15 different coordinated orchestrated shows with wow. orchestrated fireworks just in case because if even something goes wrong we're at that bad of a fire risk wow. so please people use some brains i'm begging you and and whatever you do do not do something like put a firework inside a bottle light it and don't think that it's going to burn you because let me tell you it will um <laughs> not that i know anything about that yeah <laughs> you know hey 
things happen when you drink. What can I say? Anyways, thanks to everybody for joining us. Uh, you know, make sure that you follow us on uh, on YouTube, Instagram, all our social medias. Make sure you go ahead. If you didn't get a chance to hear all of the show today, check us out tomorrow. The recast is going to be on iHeartRadio.com, Spotify, and on Sunday, it'll be on Apple Podcasts. So make sure you check us out right there. I'm your host, Dave Navarro. I'm Jeremy Miller. And we hope to see all of you next time. Everybody be safe. Have a wonderful 4th of July weekend. And uh, take care, everybody. We'll see you. Uh, are, are we seeing them on Monday or are we taking 4th of July off? No, we're seeing you Monday. Oh, great. I have to see you again. Jeez. Uh, oh, well, I guess. I, if I have to go ahead and put up with him, I'm glad to, I'll gladly do it for all of you. So. <laughs> everybody have a great weekend. We'll see you guys next time. You have been listening to the Navarro Miller Report.